Hi there, it's me, your go-to culinary nutritionist, and I've got some exciting news just in time for Black Friday. Imagine this, a 60-minute, one-on-one nutrition consultation with me on the house. That's right, you will have my undivided attention to discuss your wellness goals, but here's a scoop. To unlock this fantastic deal, all you have to do is secure your spot on the Nourish the Soul all-inclusive retreat for women over 40 by this Sunday. That's November 26th. And think of it, it's like receiving an early holiday gift. Now, let me paint the picture for you. I am whisking you away to the stunning beaches of Costa Rica for a rejuvenating experience like no other. It's all about wellness, relaxation, and feeling your absolute best. Picture yourself sipping a fresh coconut water under the sun, participating in invigorating fitness activities, and savoring mouth-watering, nutrition-packed meals that I have personally curated for you. Plus, we're gonna dive deep into topics like nutrition, mindset, and fitness, specifically tailored for women over 40. It is going to be an unforgettable adventure and you won't wanna miss it. So treat yourself and join us for the Nourish the Soul all-inclusive retreat in Costa Rica. And remember, this fantastic offer is only available through November 26th. And after that, it is gone. So don't hesitate, my friend. Reserve your spot and let's have a conversation about your nutrition goals and how to turn them into reality. Go to michellefox.com forward slash retreat and secure your spot now. I am excited to chat with you and assist you on your journey to a healthier, happier you. Don't let this exclusive Black Friday special slip through your fingers. Let's make this holiday season truly special. Welcome to Nourish with Michelle Fox, your guide to a vibrant life after 40. If consistency has been a challenge for you and you occasionally forget self-care, you, my friend, are in the right place. Tune in for weekly inspiration to nourish your mind. I know your plate's full and I want to help you support a life and a body that you adore. Let's dig in. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of talking to LaVon Briggs. She is here to talk to us about something you, my friend, I am very aware of, probably have not been looking at lately because you've told me in our real life conversations, in my DMs, and a few texts that pleasure is something that's probably not even in the top five items on your list of things to do or things to think about. And so when I heard this powerhouse on her own podcast, I'm like, please, Lord, let me be connected because I know her gifts can bless and heal some of the women in my community. Mm. So let me read her bio. So you know who we're talking to today. LaVon Briggs, MDiv, THM, an Emmy Award winner, is a spiritual teacher, transformational speaker, and holistic wellness educator. 
you already know where I'm going with this, right? You know why we have her here today. <laughs> she is the host of Sensual Faith Podcast and the author of Sensual Faith, The Art of Coming Home to Your Body, an invitation for women, especially Black women and femmes, to live their spirituality from a place of pleasure rather than shame. Briggs is a graduate of the Lawrenceville School, Seton Hall University, Yale Divinity School, and Columbia Theological Seminary. She has been featured in Essence, Cosmopolitan, Rolling Stone, and the Washington Post magazines. A New York City native, Briggs is currently based in New Orleans, Louisiana, and you can find out more about her and her work across the platforms at LaVon Briggs. And so, LaVon, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michelle. I am so excited to be here. Hmm. It sincerely is a pleasure. And before we started recording this episode, I told you, you don't know me, but because <laughs> I've heard your voice in my ears for so long, I'm like, yeah, we're, we're best friends. Of yes, course we are. <laughs> I'm, we're BFFs. I'm your big sis in your head. I'm auntie. I'm all the things. Trust me. I, I love that for me. And it is an honor to be in your in your mental space. Thank you. I do have quite a few questions for you. Before we get to those juicy gems, though, I would love to invite you to play a game of rapid fire. Are you okay? In? I'm in. Let's do it. All right. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so question number one, when you think about nine-year-old Levon. Oh, she's so cute. Okay, hmm. go ahead. <laughs> see, see, I, I'm loving this already. Nine-year-old Levon, what did mm -hmm. she want to be when she grew up oh she was talking about being a lawyer but child that was just because her father was a lawyer and she saw how much money they made right out of law school <laughs> I can relate I absolutely yeah. can relate to that <laughs> I, I was on my way to law school child and God was like nope snatched me right off that path so mm, I think we're gonna might get into that a little bit later. yeah absolutely okay second rapid fire question your mm -hmm. last meal on earth oh Oxtail, rice and peas, extra gravy, plantains, cabbage, fruit punch, shot of rum, brown, please. <laughs> <laughs> now that sounds very Caribbean. What what it I is. know about my Caribbean sisters and brothers. <laughs> mm, I, I am first it. generation Caribbean American. My mom grew up on the island of Barbados and my dad is from Guyana. So mm. it's in me. <laughs> Last and final question. Okay. Can you share with us a story from childhood mm -hmm. that's surrounded around your kitchen? A story from childhood? <laughs> okay. So they call them latchkey kids. This was just normal life for me growing up in New York City, me and my brother at home by ourselves without our parents because they were still at work. So one night my mom was working extra late and she said, I left a can of soup for y'all on the counter, heat it up for you and your brother, and that will be your dinner. So, okay, cool. So I've seen mom do it so many times. I had to be like seven or eight, right? So I put on the stove. I'm like so proud because the flame is on and I'm like not burning the house down. And I take out the saucepan and I pour the can of soup into the pot. I start to see the bubbles. I'm like, it's warm. So I get bowls for me and my brother and I distribute the soup. We go to sit down and we both take a taste and we look at each other like, what the hell is this? 
I didn't realize that the Campbell's soup was condensed and that I needed to be the can of soup and one can of water. Oh shoot. So I just did what I saw, what I thought I saw my mom doing without reading the instructions. Although I probably wouldn't have known what that meant anyway. But yeah, I remember that. And from that point on, I was like, you got to read the labels. <laughs> <laughs> Reading is a part of cooking, LaVon. <laughs> Sounds like we you learned. Like, yeah, I did. We were like, this does, not, quick. this does not taste like the soup mom makes. Like we were just so <laughs> displeased, but we lived to tell the story. Praise God. <laughs> that is too cute. Ah, well, now, my friends who are listening and watching on YouTube, you will see over Levon's right shoulder this beautiful cover yeah. of her amazing book called mm-hmm. Sensual Faith, The Art of Coming Home to Your Body. Yeah, I'm ready to jump into that one. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the women in my community who are listening to us right now, we are going through quite a bit of transition, whether it's sure. transition with our bodies themselves, whether it's perimenopause, Mm -hmm. menopause, there's that Mm -hmm. hormonal transition, but there's also the transitions of the changing of the seasons. There's a transition of a lot of our children are growing up and leaving Mm -hmm. the house. Mm -hmm. There's a transition of a few of us are saying, wait a minute, this corporate thing isn't working anymore. I'm starting my own thing. Mm -hmm. And then of course there's the transition of, oh, I know more of who I am. And so I no longer want to be in this relationship or Mm -hmm. I'm leaving this marriage. And so I feel like your title of this book covers it all. And just to begin, when I say the word transition, Mm -hmm. how how does that relate to you and, and the work that you are doing in the world right now? Listen, there's an old hymn of the church that says time is filled with swift transition. Transition is always around us, right? That phrase that if you're not growing, you're dying. Change is the only constant. Like those are not just cute memes for social media. (laughs) Those are guiding principles for living your fullest, most authentic, most abundant life now. Because if you are a person who does not learn how to allow the change to take place so much of your time and energy is going to be spent refusing and resisting and caught up in friction and we're at the age now where we we need as much ease as possible so Mm -hmm. (laughs) transition (laughs) teaches me that we're never in one state it's not you know when I was in graduate school we were learned to think not in either or terms but in both and But life has taught me that both and is insufficient. That is all in all, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. You may be having a wonderful relationship with your children, but your relationship with your parents is tragic. You might be feeling so proud of your financial freedom, but your mental health is not where it needs to be. Like we're always navigating and dancing among these checks and balances and these harmonies and seeing how do I feel in my body? How do I feel in my spirit? So for me, once I turned 40, I was like, look, what what, what, <laughs> what do we want? <laughs> and let's go get that. <laughs> and what's transitioning me to that? I need that in my life. <laughs> and I'm so glad you said that because it was around the time when I turned 40, about 10 years ago, I was going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And I remember this feeling of one, freedom. I, I will yeah. happily admit to that. I'm like, yeah, I've got this. I've got my Ciao. independence. I, you know, I know what I... At the time, I thought I knew what I wanted to be doing Mm. with my career. I had Mm -hmm. my daughter. I'm like, I've got this. 
And mm-hmm. with that, it came with some loneliness, mm-hmm. but it also came with some hard lessons about my body. Cause when yeah. I, like, I'm telling you the moment or the morning after I turned 40, mm-hmm. something just clicked. I'm like, wait a minute. Like mm-hmm. where did this little, you know, <laughs> listen, uh, these... over here and why am I you know, so tired all of a sudden? Like mm-hmm. things start shifting when you turn 40. Yeah. These 40 year old hips do not lie. Okay. The weight is just sitting differently. I love it. Don't my, my hips, my FUPA, my stretch marks, my cellulite, like it's giving divine feminine energy, honey, Mm -hmm. but it did take some getting used to. And I also chose myself and left a marriage that wasn't serving me. And it was so not funny, haha, but funny. Hmm for my TikTokers. <laughs> I, speak I know TikTok. that one. I'm like, okay. hey, we're going to do a remix on that one. <laughs> Where it. I started to tell people, oh yeah, we're we're separated. We're going to get divorced. And people were like, you know, they would take a big breath in and their eyes would bug out of their heads and, and they'd say, oh, we've been close several times. And I'm like, hmm, that's funny because you never post about how close you are to divorce on Instagram. So I didn't even know that people were struggling with this. But then you look at the divorce rates in America, and you're like, okay, well, 53% of people who get married end up divorced. So it's like the statistics and the stories aren't aligning. Somebody's lying or lying by omission, but we got to be more forthcoming. So if you two are part of the divorce crew, shout out to you. Congratulations. Like we do our best to declutter our lives so that we have space to call in the things that we deeply desire and that are going to serve us well. Yes. And when I look at the work that you are doing and the work Mm. that you have in your beautiful book, where I see the intersection of our work is that one, you and I are very passionate about building community Mm -hmm. and two, also very passionate about supporting women's health Mm -hmm. in all of the ways, spiritual, physical, mental. And so I want to talk about the second part of the title. And then I absolutely want to come back to the first part of the title, but the art of coming home to your body, where did this wisdom come from? (laughs) (laughs) It came from living child, but also Mm. wanting to share my stories. You know, I grew up going to church and when I was in college, I was really like a radical evangelical. So I was deep in conservative, repressive, (laughs) you know, colonized Christianity and it's is and, and and that's the story for many women, particularly black women and other women of color, but folk, you know, women in general. And the colonized Christianity that many of us are familiar with, or religion, period, is typically very patriarchal. We learn very sexist teachings. We don't learn how to have autonomy and agency over our bodies. We're taught at very young ages from family and religion and society that our bodies are bad and shameful and something that, you know, needs to be beaten into submission, which is just like very violent language. Like women, we're such beautiful, soft, gentle creatures. Don't get it twisted. We could be fierce and ferocious too, right? But like the idea that something about the feminine form is inherently evil or bad or something that needs to be controlled tells me that we are simply powerful beings that the patriarchy is afraid of. And so what am I going to do to put women at war with themselves? I'm going to make them think that their bodies are inherently evil. 
even though our bodies have divine design and intelligence within us. I'm going to make them think that, you know, aging is a bad thing. I'm going to make them think that rolls and cellulite and stretch marks are bad. These are all natural, beautiful parts of being a woman. <laughs> Preach. Right? Preach. And yes. so I can get you at war with yourself, you're going to be too tired to engage the bullshit that's going around that's keeping us oppressed and repressed. So once you release the shame around your body, the religious and cultural and social conditioning, and you love yourself completely, that is countercultural. Mm. And that is what is going to change the world and create a more just, whole, equitable world is women, particularly Black women and femmes, loving themselves unapologetically. And when you do that, I believe that's the definition of coming home to your body. Consider yourself officially invited to join us in Tamarindo, Costa Rica this coming February, February 28th through March 3rd to be exact. And I want to ask you something. Are you ready to be completely pampered? Well, prepare to be amazed by our exquisite villa in the charming town of Tamarindo which will include a massage and a private chef. All of that in the most important agenda, which will be for you to relax. Imagine going to sleep with the sounds of the ocean and the trickle of your private plunge pool every evening. Picture a completely supportive environment that helps you return to you. Your imminent relaxation, my friend, is my command. Let me pamper you. Join us. Go to michellefox.com forward slash retreat for all of the juicy details and consider joining us. I would sincerely love having you in this circle. I'll talk to you soon. I'm just giving that a moment to breathe. <laughs> Let mm. it breathe, honey. Mm. Yes, I will say at the beginning of my career as a culinary mm. nutritionist, of course, yeah. coming out of school as a nutritionist, I'm like, this is how you should eat. This is what you should do. Mm -hmm. This is how you can heal your body. And it was like nutrition, nutrition. But as I've matured, you know, five years later, mm -hmm. what I'm crystal clear about, and which is why I started this podcast is I could talk about nutrition all day long, but Aww. women are not going to take care of their body until it's the mindset change and the mind right. shift of knowing that you are worthy. And I know that yes. your book speaks to that as well. Yes. And so I mentioned, you know, the discomfort as a 40 year old in my body, and I will mm -hmm. admit it's been a process even as a 50 year old, you know, bodies changing sure. even more with, with more yeah. hormones. However, it's light bearers like you that I believe God has brought to the forefront to remind mm. us that, yes, our bodies are beautiful in right. all shapes and forms. Exactly. And that food is not the enemy, right? Mm. Food mm -hmm. is not a reward. Food is not something that you should feel like you have to be, you know, grinding against. When I think about in my theological imagination, how God designed earth. We have seasons and we have water and sun and seeds and roots and things grow and crawl to get pollinated. Like the whole process behind how we get our food, right? To farmers and truck drivers and grocery store stockers and cashiers, farmers markets, like 
how everything works together so that we can have nourishment, right? When you start to look at food as a sensual spiritual practice, you don't look at it like calories and macros. No shade to the people who are counting because you have goals, I get it. But also, and this is a content warning for eating disorders, as someone who lived with bulimia, because first of all, I wasn't not eating, child. I was going to have a beef patty with cocoa bread, okay? <laughs> I was going to eat. I just, you know, was going to regurgitate. <laughs> but what was the root of my feeling like I could not keep my food down? Like I could not gain weight. I could not get bigger. I could, I need to take up as less space as possible. Like who told me that I need to shrink myself? Who told me that my bigness was a problem? And so what sensual faith the platform does is it invites women to take up space and the way that you do that is by loving all parts of yourself mind body and soul and so if you have experienced a religion or spiritual belief system that has caused you shame around your body shame around your relationship to food shame around your relationship to sex we we good and grown now honey Okay, there's a little girl living on the inside of you, but right now we good and grown and you get to reclaim your birthright of pleasure. And that's the perfect walk into the first part of your title, Sensual Faith. So my friends who are, again, 50s, 50 plus, Mm -hmm. sensuality is not something that often comes up in our conversation. No, not at all. (laughs) If you'd be willing, I would love to even just brainstorm quite a few ways that women yeah. today can yeah. get that back on their list. I can tell you, as I was preparing to talk to you, I, again, kept hearing your voice in my head because <laughs> I love listening to you on, on your podcast and we'll link that in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, what, how do I see pleasure? And so I, I wrote down a little sticky note and it's just mm-hmm. a few because it take me, took yeah. me maybe like maybe 30 seconds, but okay, you know, incense brings me pleasure. And so I've burned some to Mm -hmm. help me stay grounded during this conversation. Yes. Speaking of smells, my husband, Steve, the way his skin smells, I'm like, Mm. that just feels sensual. And it's not even a ceremony. It's just like, yeah, it it brings me back home. Yes. Period. Um, Chloe dog, when I'm rubbing her belly, like that feels sensual to me. I think just the touch of, you know, the fur on my Mm -hmm. hand and my skin, taking hot baths. I love hot baths. Oh, and then of course, dancing. I talk about that a lot on the podcast and pretty much anything I'm doing on Instagram. I'm you're probably going to find me dancing like that feels pleasurable and sensual. So yes. How can women start making that more of a priority? And what do you counsel women or how do you counsel them to get that back on their list? Yeah. First of all, I want to point out how big your smile got and how bright your face shone when you were talking about each of those things, right? Because there's something about incense that is intimacy with spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Your husband, that's intimacy with your mate, rubbing your dog's belly, intimacy with your pet. Like I have fur allergies, but I fell in love with dogs this summer, like Mm -hmm. French bulldogs and toy poodles. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Adorable, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Intimacy Mm -hmm. with siblings, intimacy with yourself through dance. Like, sensuality has been defined by the dictionary as lewdness or lasciviousness. That's insufficient, right? That's some colonized patriarchal BS. (laughs) I define sensuality 
as a womanist spiritual practice. Womanism means that I center the perspectives, lived experiences, and vantage points of Black women. And I define sensuality as the ultimate practice in mindfulness, right? When we think about our bodies, if everything is functioning well, our senses are working. We can see, we can taste, we can touch. Like God designed our bodies to live these lives in very textured ways. That's why the first time I got COVID, I was like, dear God, please don't let me lose my sense of taste. (laughs) Okay. I know that sense of smell is a part of the eating process, but I need to taste this food. And I never Amen. did. So I was like, don't take that away. But to say that's how we experience the world. Similarly, in the spiritual realm, we also have spiritual gifts. There's the spiritual gift of sight. Maybe you're a seer or a dreamer. There's a spiritual gift of hearing, right? If you decolonize your understanding of Western psychology, you'll realize that if you hear voices, it's not because you're bananas, <laughs> right? Or cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs you might be hearing an ancestor. You might be getting a spiritual download that our whole culture needs to shift, Mm -hmm. right? If you are in a space that is temperate, but you feel a chill, or all of a sudden you have goosebumps or your hair stands up on the back of your neck. Like women are very powerful spiritual creatures. And the way that we channel our spiritual power and energy, that has been demonized. That's why if you're a black woman, you were probably raised in the black church. That's why if you're a white woman, you know, you probably know stories of some of your foremothers being burned at the stake called witches, right? <laughs> because we are healers first. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. the etymology of the word witch is. It's mm. healer. But if I know that you can heal yourself, I got to stop you from knowing how powerful you are, right? Mm. So this is why sensual faith is so important because I don't want women to turn away from their spirituality, right? Because of toxic religion. There's a difference between religion and spirituality. And so I understand if you still go to church every Sunday, if you never want to step foot in a church, a temple, an imam, I understand that. But know that you are your first sacred site. (laughs) You are a holy being and your body is holy just as it is. And so that's why I talk about sensual faith and I preach the good gospel (laughs) according to pleasure. Mm hmm. And a couple of times now you've said, you know, when you're talking about the positivity of women and then you switch to, well, we've got to turn that off. Basically, I'm, I'm paraphrasing mm. here. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about they and them, are you talking about the patriarchy? Is that who you're I, Yes, to? I am talking about the patriarchy. I am talking about other women who are living with internalized oppression, who believe the narrative that women are lesser or not as powerful. I'm talking about systems and institutions. It could be a $4 billion beauty industry that makes money off of your (laughs) self-hatred. It could mean Mm -hmm. the Catholic church that makes billions of dollars and doesn't ordain women. Like I do not believe in supporting spaces that do not support women. Mm. So that's what I mean by they. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And so speaking of the women that we're loving on and and supporting in this conversation, Mm -hmm. can you give us three ways to 
tap into our sensuality? Yes, absolutely. So because we are talking with Michelle Fox, we have to talk about food. Food is a very sensual experience. The sight of it, the colors, the texture, the taste as you go, the fresh herbs, the fragrance of rosemary, sage, thyme, oregano. I mean... You can burn mm. fresh herbs in your home mm-hmm. and that can act as a cleansing agent to the energetic space. And so don't cook to eat, right? Cook to lavish yourself with love. Mm. Cook to indulge in lavish self-care. The next time you can cook for yourself, if you have the kitchen, the home to yourself, I want you to, if you drink, pour some champagne or it could be some sparkling apple cider, whatever floats your boat. And I want you to turn on your favorite playlist. And from the time you are chopping up those veggies to you are taking the last thing out of the oven, I want you to dance (laughs) and prance and give gratitude for every step of the way that that food traveled to get to you and see it as an act of nourishment and celebration, right? There's a difference between being hangry and just grabbing what's available and actually centering yourself and your well-being. So make cooking an experience once a week, twice a week. Naked mirror dancing is one of my favorite rituals. Say more. Now, uh, I'm I in have... for this one. This huge seven foot tall gold frame mirror in my living space. And when I'm feeling like I want to get in touch with my sensuality and my sexuality, I will turn off all the lights, light some candles, put on a sexy playlist, (laughs) and I will dance naked in my mirror and I will look at my body and I will take in the new rolls and folds and I will caress my breasts and I'll, you know, poke out my booty and I just affirm myself in the mirror. And some people might say, well, I don't know if I want to dance naked. That's okay. Wear your favorite dress, your favorite pair of jeans that hug your booty just right. You can do it in a swimsuit. You can do it in a robe or lingerie. Anything that makes you feel sexy and beautiful and powerful, right? Mm -hmm. You can do that until you work your way up to looking at yourself naked because many of us don't typically look at ourselves naked in the mirror and love what we see and celebrate what we see. So this is, you know, a way that you can get there. And the third ritual that I really (laughs) am excited to talk about is masturbation. Mm. Now, I know some of your listeners are clutching their pearls at the very mention. (laughs) What? Masturbation at my age? Yes, why not? There's KY jelly, there's coconut oil, there's (laughs) shea butter. You know, Mm -hmm. if dryness is a bit of a thing, I'm sure Michelle can help us with some healing foods and teas and herbs to get the juices flowing literally and figuratively actually absolutely literally yes Yes. insert uh, brazil nuts and lots and lots of water yes (laughs) eating the brazil nuts right and hydrating yourself as much as possible keeps things uh he said eating the brazil nuts friends not those other nuts 
That's <laughs> the thing. I love masturbation for a few reasons. So, you know, if you can start by taking a really delectable bath or if you don't have a bathtub, taking a, a really sumptuous shower, using a scrub, manually exfoliating your body so you're super soft, sealing it in with your favorite oil, you know, splashing on a fragrance. The same way you would get ready for a hot date with another person, get ready for a hot, sexy solo date with yourself. Mm. put on some sexy tunes a sexy playlist or your favorite song you know something that turns you on and that lights you up and the thing is if you're not certain what turns you on masturbation is a great way to learn your body because even if you don't climax you have nipples you have an anus you have kneecaps earlobes child I don't know what your thing is you probably don't know all your spots right but it's a great mode of exploration of self if you have suffered some sort of body related trauma first of all I see you and I'm so sorry that happened to you and I believe you masturbation is a great way to reclaim a sense of agency and power and control over your own body right when you may Mm -hmm. have felt out of control in another part of your life and lastly masturbating the climax it has numerous benefits okay we're talking about boosting your immunity all right we're talking about relieving stress okay we're talking about clearing your skin <laughs> orgasms are great and you just feel good the endorphins are endorphining and Increasing you, you get some clarity the feel-good hormone the feel-good hormones out all the other hormonal issues you may be going through in menopause okay yes, ma'am. keep so preaching yes if there is any residual shame about pleasuring yourself. I want to interrupt that. I want you to know that there is no biblical or scriptural evidence that says you are not allowed to masturbate. There is no theological (laughs) condemnation. It was all made up to control women's sexuality and know that it is your birthright to experience pleasure. And the last thing that I'll say is at your age, honey, when in your 50 60 plus years have you ever urinated out of your clitoris when -hmm. have you ever defecated out of your clitoris when did you ever birth a child out of your clitoris what's that you say never that's because the clitoris (laughs) has one job sister (laughs) and it is your pleasure so that tells me that god made our bodies to experience pleasure So you mentioned perimenopause and menopause. So I feel like there's something there because I'm 41. So it's it's so interesting at my age, 41. I if you had told me 20 years ago that I was gonna be 41, divorced, and not a biological mother yet, I'd have been like, what are you talking about? That doesn't even sound right, right? And I haven't birthed a baby out of my body, but I do mother, right? And it's not that I haven't wanted to be a biological mother. I have, and this is a content warning for reproductive stuff. I terminated multiple pregnancies when I was a teenager and at 30 because my then partner didn't want kids and I didn't want to be a single mom. And once I got, you know, my mid thirties after my divorce, I was dating, but I didn't remarry. There were two times that I got pregnant and I didn't carry to term. And so when I think about my reproductive journey, I didn't always understand what was happening to and in my body until I had to go to the ER, until I had to have somebody at my bedside say, well, you know, at least 25% of all pregnancies. No, I didn't know that. 
And it's not something that I would know because women's issues and our bodies and what happens to our bodies hasn't been centered in most spaces. And so when I think about how I've never heard a sermon about a miscarriage, I've never been told how common it is and how it affects women across race and socioeconomic lines. I mean, when I started telling folks about my loss on social media, literally hundreds of messages from people that I know personally, text Mm -hmm. messages. We just had one in April. Mm -hmm. We had one last fall. We didn't say anything. We didn't tell anybody. And that's the thing about the more we age, the more wisdom we have. Like we, we get to share our stories because it's going to help someone else because you think you've gone through this thing and you're the only one in the world who has experienced it. Honey, baby, you were not the first and you will not be the last. But it's that sense of isolation and aloneness that causes us deep anxiety and to be quiet. Like there's a difference between isolation and solitude, right? If you are feeling like you're all alone and no one's going to understand you, that's isolation. Solitude is I need a moment. I got to retreat for a second. I'll be back, right? And so I just think about how helpful it would have been for me to have women of all ages in my family, in my space, in my social circle, sharing more about their life journeys and their bodies and what was happening to them. What did it feel like? Like, I see you sweating. Is that a hot flash? Like, what what are you feeling? (laughs) Right? How does menopause make you feel spiritually and emotionally? Like, these are all things that at 41, even though my eggs are still egging and I do desire biological motherhood, I'm also not interested in freezing my eggs or in IVF or things like that. So now I need stories from older women about what choices they made, what choices they couldn't make, what choices they wanted to make, but didn't. Right. So that I know what all my options are and a man can't do that for me, honey. So (laughs) that is so powerful. And what, is it do you believe that keeps these stories in the shadows I I think it's a conditioned sense of shame around women's bodies like if you think about just being um, a, a person who menstruates right who has a moon cycle like we were told don't tell anybody you have your cycle don't nobody want to know all that ill that's gross I'm do anything to start bleeding like my body is functioning healthily and my uterine wall and lining is shedding I'm not serving it to you on a silver platter (laughs) saying eat this like that's how people act when you say oh I'm bleeding right now and so if from our youngest ages we're taught to believe that what our body does naturally and god-givenly is wrong or grotesque or even that our genitalia our vagina not vajayjay, not hoo-ha, <laughs> our vaginas are ugly, right? Or or they smell like your vulva is not supposed to smell like raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. It's just not. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Right? So I, I feel like the more we share, the more we open up, the more we release the shame and the toxicity of what we've been mistaught, right, about our bodies, the more we can amplify the beauty of our being just as we are now that was incredible okay the other thing for some of your listeners 
they may have wanted to be biological mothers, but that was a dream that wasn't realized. And I just want you to know that it's not anything that you did. It wasn't that you weren't deserving of it. It was just your body was telling you something is off. And even if you don't birth a baby out of your body, you have still mothered. You are still mothering right? You still deserve flowers and breakfast in bed on Mother's Day if that's what you so desire. And so don't allow society's narrative of motherhood being the end-all be-all in terms of value for a woman, right? Make you feel like you're any less of a woman. You're not less of a woman because you no longer menstruate. You're not less of a woman because you're unpartnered. Like you are a woman because you say you are. (laughs) Mm. Right. Mm. And you're a powerful, beautiful being. You are a spiritual creature having a physical experience and you chose the form of a divine woman. And that is a sacred gift. Just so you know, this conversation was aimed at women in their fifties, but I truly am going to have my daughters listen to this. Mm. I have a 16 year old daughter who's mine and my husband also has a 16 year old daughter and a 13 year old son. And my daughter actually was adopted and she's been very open with her story. And I've already asked for permission. And she said, of course you can talk about it publicly because she loves that that's part of her identity. Wow. So as I'm listening to you speak, I'm like, I wonder if you're channeling my story right now. Okay. (laughs) I could be tapped in with you, child. (laughs) Right. I love that. Okay. I will say there was some of that shame like when I was trying because I really was like trying so hard like we did everything short of IVF at the time but yeah restricting my diet yeah um, taking certain hormones acupuncture like all of it I never got pregnant and I did carry some shame for some years that I wasn't able to carry and I will say I know this is not everybody's story but for me when Angel came into my world Mm. I'm like that's it. Like, why was I working so hard on this body yes. part? She is my everything. She, yes. she is my North Star. <laughs> yes. I love that so, for you because yeah. you were meant for each other, you know, Absolutely. and I'm thinking of Gabrielle Union who had nine miscarriages. Mm. God, I can't even imagine. Right. And they decided mm. to use a surrogate. And so, you know, when the baby's first born, the gown photo and the baby on the chest and all that she took those and do you know that there were some people cruel enough to say why are you taking those you didn't birth that baby like ridiculous horrifying right the path to motherhood is not monolithic right the paths to motherhood and the fact of the matter is you can be not be a non-woman and still mother because it's about an energy source. It's about a particular type of nurturing. And so I just am am really hopeful for us to have conversations about womanhood that see and celebrate and affirm marriage and motherhood and also see and affirm travel (laughs) and business and whatever it looks like, feels like, sounds like to you, right? I think at the end of the day, when people hear sensual faith, they might hear faith and think, oh, this is faith-based. This is for Christians. No, faith is what you believe and how you live that belief out. 
So do you believe that your body is good? Do you believe that you are worthy of the best of everything? Do you believe that you are worthy of joy and abundance and pleasure and play? Because if you believe that, you're going to live a particular way. You're not going to accept any old thing, <laughs> right? And so that is my hope for women's expansion. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> mm. And that is a mic drop, my friends. Okay. Ah, so we are all today going to run out and grab Lavon's book, yes. Sensual Faith, The Art God, of Coming Home to Your Body. And Lavon, after we buy the book, how else can we plug into your beautiful community? Yeah, so buy the book if you like paperbacks, which I love because I get to travel with them. And you can highlight and write in the margins and all that. There's also the audiobook, which I read. So if you're more of an audio person, then you can do that. No matter where you get your copy, go to the behemothwebsite.com and leave a five-star review because that's so important for authors to get seen by the algorithm. You can also learn in community with me at Central Faith Academy, which is my Patreon. It's where you get all the supplements materials for my sensual faith podcast and there are ways to support me that you can learn more about across platforms i'm at lavon briggs everywhere including linkedin <laughs> and so meet me there and listen child you can always give me money and invite me to come speak cut me a check send me a donation venmo cash app <laughs> zell all the things child we will absolutely make it plain and simple and yes, easy to come yes, find you yes. in the show notes. So thank yes. you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing your voice with my community. And more mm -hmm. important, just thank you for saying yes to this work. Thank you for saying mm. yes to being a light bearer. I sincerely, I thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been a complete joy. My pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to Nourish. Have you been driving, doing laundry, or walking around the neighborhood? Sweet. I've got show notes for you. Hop on over to michellefox.com forward slash podcast when you are ready. I will let you know that on the page, you will find resources to support what you've just learned on today's show. And then of course, you can grab some health supportive freebies as well. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would leave a review on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. It will help me with my mission to build healthier communities one person at a time, and it will help you because you will be part of that mission. I'll be back next week, and I encourage you to keep showing up for yourself and know that you and your health matter. Big love.